0: Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah
1: Stever, President at Paulson. Today we're speaking with Gloria Bossi, former Vice President of the U.S. Pork Division at Zoetis. Gloria received her undergrad degree in agribusiness and agricultural business operations from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and also has an MBA from the William E. Simon School of Business in Rochester, New York. Gloria made a career at Pfizer, which of course is now Zoetis, holding many important roles along the way. Gloria, can you share some of your background with our audience? I. I grew
0: up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin, southwest uh, southeast corner. Then went to the University of Wisconsin Madison for my undergraduate in animal science and ag journalism. And then um quickly after that I um, landed a great job at Pfizer Animal Health, which is now Zoetis and spent the last 30 years there, primarily, Sarah, in marketing. Uh, I did do a short um, time in sales uh, right out there with the customers, selling the products from Pfizer, and then um, hopped into some other positions, which I'm sure we'll talk about in more detail as we go through this podcast because I have some experiences that I'd like to share.
1: Maybe looking back, can you kind of talk a little bit about how your early life prepared you for the career you ended up in?
0: That's a, that's a terrific question because certainly growing up on a farm, there's a lot of different experiences. I think when I was actually milking cows or plowing fields or feeding the calves, um, I really didn't think about how those things might transfer into my career and professional life uh, thereafter. But really what things on the farm taught me was it's hard work. You know, whichever day it was, it didn't matter if it was Saturday, Sunday, or even Monday on the farm. I mean, it was just hard work, but I was fortunate to have three other siblings that – uh Uh, looking back, it was teamwork. And uh, we all had our specific jobs and roles on the farm, and we all pitched in. But uh, I look back now in my professional career and say, you know, wow, you know, dad and mom really figured it out to get us to work, you know, what needed to be done, and they gave us priorities. And then, you know, we had a lot of fun. And there was always that boat of you know, thanks, guys, you did a great job today, or, you know, let's go to McDonald's type of thing. So, you know, it was um, really some key things. It was hard work, teamwork, and and really having fun and saying thanks.
1: Yeah, I think that teamwork aspect of it was probably uh, pretty foundational because on the farm you do have to work cooperatively with your siblings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the other thing I'd add, Sarah, is um, I was one of the siblings, not saying that I was the only one, but I always asked to do more, and when one job was finished, you know, I was always kind of the one racing to, you know, get uh, the next opportunity. And I, I look at um, now, you know, thinking back, that I really like learning new things, and I think I, you know, had a foundation in 4-H. 14 years as a 4-H member, and in the spirit of 4-H, we learn by doing, and I'll talk about that aspect of my early career, early life in 4-H and how that really translated then into some interesting experience within uh, my professional career.
1: Is there some sort of a decision that you made uh, that was a pivot point for you or someone who had a really strong influence that kind of changed the course of your life?
0: You know, I've been really fortunate to have been surrounded by many talented leaders and professionals while employed at Zoetis. Um, for the past thirty years, and you know during that same time, I also had many role changes so um it was about every two years that I had the opportunity to be considered for another new job, and that really you know kind of then translated back to this concept of. You know the 4-H way, learning by doing, and having a lot of experiences and personal growth opportunities. When situations arose, I think I was the first one to kind of raise my hands. So I, I think about this now as you know, really encouraging people, um, young people, to really take direct experiences and kind of an experimentation mindset. Like it's okay to experiment and take on new responsibilities. Sure, it might mean extra hours, you know, more questions that you'll have to answer and respond to. And, you know, I even made mistakes. When when people see you um, putting in that extra time and sweat and hard work, you know, the people around you uh, really do get inspired. Many of them jump in and follow your
1: lead. Sounds like you showed some leadership qualities pretty early on. I think so.
0: And, I, and again, I go back to the uh, the farm environment as well as uh, the um, the leadership uh, development that I gained early on in, in 4-H. My high school was too big, close to the city, to be having an FFA chapter, but uh, certainly always watched across the fence to that group as well because there's just so many opportunities to try things, learn new skills, meet people. And develop that uh, early network as well.
1: Yeah, those are both really great organizations. Um, I grew up with, with 4 H, we didn't have FFA in my community either and i think there are leadership opportunities there but my own kids have been in FFA and that's been really wonderful for them looking back is there any anything else that you would say was either a pivot point for you or um kind of shaped the direction that you took as you started to enter your career
0: when i first uh, left um or graduated from from college I really wanted to get into advertising. Using my journalism and communication skills, I applied at a couple advertising agencies, and lo and behold, every one of them said I was a great candidate, did a super job interviewing, but I didn't have the experience. So it was frustrating because I didn't know how I would get that experience if I wasn't able to join their group. So sometimes when these opportunities present themselves, you know, the next why in the road um, certainly could pop up, which it did for me. And and I was fortunate that the head person at the agency said, you know, Gloria, I think that you would really like to work um seeing how you lead how you're presenting yourself you would really enjoy a career at a uh, larger organization or a corporation i.e. the client side and i said oh i'd be happy to investigate that you know here's my number call me whenever and and um it wasn't 6 weeks later that i got a call for an interview with Pfizer animal health and then with them for 30 years so you know sometimes it's just you don't really know where your journey early on might be going, but if you take an open attitude in mind and try different things, um, doors will open.
1: Explain again who, who helped you kind of guide, guide you that way. His first name
0: was Keith, and he was at an advertising agency out of Rochester, New York. Just a terrific guy and actually a graduate of University of Wisconsin-Madison, where I was, went to school. Maybe it was the, um, the student and a, a recent graduate and alum kind of mentorship And he did. He carried me to that next place, uh, meaning Pfizer Animal Health.
1: So you never did end up actually working with him, but he helped kind of set you on your career. Correct. Now, also kind of reflecting back on on the career that you've had so far, who do you think has been most influential for your development?
0: Actually, if I can say what instead of who. Sure. um, And just kind of take that maybe a little different direction. One of the things that I found to be really valuable in my in my development and my career actually two things i wanted to share and one is i set up a strategic network one both internally at uh, at the company and then one externally and this takes quite a bit of work i mean it's really it's your personal or my personal strategic network and what i did is to set up a group just like four or five people that i really took it upon my own action to reach out probably twice a year and just touch base and it gave me an opportunity to let them know who I am and what i was thinking and I normally went to a let's call it a rank higher than myself at that time and with different departments so I might if I was working and uh developing um marketing plans and in the marketing group at that time I wanted to make sure that I had someone in my strategic network on from finance um someone from HR uh maybe someone in the um, uh business unit group so someone really working the P&L of, of the uh, the business and then you know someone that um I could look at from a, a training standpoint and I would intentionally, so this was an intentional uh, group of people that um, I put together. The company didn't ask me to do this. I put together and I made the appointments with these people. Um, really just kind of uh, friendly, get to know and to share what I was working on and also to find out from their perspective what I could do better. So it was almost like a a mentorship, but it was more of a, a network that I established and developed and worked. And I did the same thing for an external. And external meaning I had a person from the beef organization. I had someone in the pork organization. And just kind of touching all species as I worked in livestock most of my career, um, I wanted to then externally let them know what I was thinking, what was going on, and just really kind of developing relationships. Over time, that strategic network changed you know, it wasn't like they were tied to me or I was tied to them. It was it changed over time, and I again, that was intentional to move to different places within my career and get to know different people.
1: Wow, you should patent that idea. That is really smart. I've never talked to anybody who actually so intentionally set up... Um, a counsel for themselves so on on the external side, were you just trying to stay like abreast of industry issues
0: it It helped me um to do that and also to build relationships. The focus during the conversation or the setup the focus of the setup uh, during the conversation would be really to talk about industry issues, you know what's going on with whether it 's the pork industry or the dairy industry, but to you know really be abreast of those and to have um the right people that you're talking with that would openly, you know, provide that insight.
1: So have you stayed in touch with the people that you had in, in both of those groups?
0: um In most cases, um, absolutely. In some cases, you know, people leave the company and, you know, things change over 30 years. So that's where you, you know, again, the, I think the key word here is intentional, where you, you know, personally took it upon myself to drive, set up the meetings, actually put it on a piece of paper. You know, I talked to Joe on... February, and you know, these are the things we talked about, and here's something I can follow up with him. So then it's just kind of got to be really a, um, a really healthy, healthy conversation. And I think really it wasn't just about me, but it was about both people getting value from each
1: other. I think a lot of mentor mentee relationships end up working out that way, where you uh-huh. learn, learn as much as you get as much as you give, maybe you'd say.
0: Exactly. Exactly, and the other one I was going to talk about, Sarah, was the development course that my company invested in me to um, continuously improve. And the area that I was working to improve on is and not that it was, you know, everybody goes through this. It's not like we're so bad in front of making a presentation or, you know, uh, getting ready to report out on a marketing plan, but it's. I think the facts or the, the figures are is like, you know, 70% of what you um, present is yourself, your body language, you know, how you move, your gestures, your pauses, all, you know, are really involved in that perception of what you're delivering. And I took this course called, it was, and there's several of them out there, but it's a group called Speak Easy. And it really taught me to have a presence. Whether I'm talking on the phone, whether I'm face-to-face with uh, the audience, and sometimes they tell you, you know, just look out over the heads of everybody and just talk to everybody. Well, the impact that you leave is much stronger if you're able to connect with people eye-to-eye and stay with them until they give you the opportunity and acknowledgement to move on to the next person in the room. But there's a whole process in that, and it's um, something that really helped me in my development and gave me a much stronger impact when I'm talking to groups um, or one-on-one.
1: Well, I have seen you speak in person, and I would say that that was time well spent in that course because you have a great presence, a great uh, stage presence, and you seem very, very comfortable Communicating.
0: Thank you. But a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm watching now other individuals, you'll see people naturally turn on their chair, you know, just kind of fidgety looking, uh, maybe leaning back, not sitting forward or leaning forward. And you know, these are those unspoken, yet really influential about how people perceive you. I learned it later in my career. I wish I would have learned it early in my career. And it's one area right now that I'm looking to, as I advance into my next part of my career um, since I've recently retired from Pfizer and Zoetis, is to take that on as an opportunity to consult and to bring people that are coming into their positions to actually build that present earlier in their careers.
1: Yeah, I think you can never start too soon with that because it's a big part of leadership is just that persona and that presence that you build.
0: It is. It is.
1: So, were there any surprises along the way on this journey that you've been on? Many.
0: Want to share any of them? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see if I can pick um, a couple of them that I I think are are important. One of might say one of the surprises, and it actually can be very helpful. And once you're able to to discover it, and it's how important acknowledgement is in the workplace and if I can give an example and I I think there's you know I don't think I know there's many different personality types and I'm uh, more of a direct person and i like to get right to it and I like to make things happen and get results but I have to often step back when I'm listening to someone to acknowledge what they said not saying that I agree with it But if one can just step back and acknowledge and say, yeah, Bob, that's an interesting concept. Can you give me a little more what you're thinking versus "Ah, that'll never work. So it's that positive acknowledgement. It just takes a second. And I think women actually do a better job at this than men. But it's um, something that I really learned uh, during my career in uh, being able to kind of take that as a surprise. And build it into something that's of, of value.
1: That's great advice. I think it's easy a lot of times to dismiss ideas that aren't our own. Oh, absolutely. Boy, to be an effective collaborator, which is really important in in this day and age. I'd say the
0: other thing is is that, and so often I see this, and you know we're all working so hard and working to provide those results that uh, you know our job asks of us i call it the removal of the silos and i've seen it in my career several times where you're incentivized actually to achieve above and beyond maybe your counterparts in other groups. If there's ways to break down these silos and collaborate across groups, because quite honestly, there's a lot of good ideas in other parts of the business. And if you're able to take a moment and step beyond your own silo and borrow good ideas, steal good ideas, um, it certainly can bring greater value to the organization that that we're working for.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like there is just so much to know now, especially if you're – well, any field that you're in, in ag or agribusiness. Um, But in my field of marketing, I feel like there is so much to know. There's no way you can understand it all in the detail that you need to really be good at it. So you need a team of people. You need a team. Well, you have achieved so much in your career. Can you kind of describe – how that feels.
0: It feels great. I feel like, um, however, and uh, I shared this analogy with a couple people that, uh, you know, the tractor's been working hard for many years, but uh, still has quite a bit of gas in it. There's many fields to plow. It feels It feels great. I'm very, very um, excited about, you know, the things that I've done, but I, I kind of look at it this way. It's not what I've done, but how I've done it. You know, I want to be remembered for not really the things that I did, it's important, but how I was able to inspire people, develop them, to achieve their own success. That's what really gets me uh, excited. You know, the successes that I've had, it's the people that, you know, really I've had the opportunity to help develop and to provide positive experiences and also to share in the frustrations. Uh, Sometimes things aren't easy, it doesn't always go your way, but to be able to pick up and say, let's see how we can work with this.
1: Can you describe maybe what the next chapter is gonna be like for you?
0: Well, actually right now I'm enjoying the summer. I'm um, doing um, some things that I enjoy doing. I enjoy fishing. I enjoy golfing. I enjoy gardening. And quite honestly, all of those hobbies and uh, things that motivate me kind of on the personal side, uh, I didn't have an, a great opportunity to do those things on my time. While I was working for for Pfizer and Zoetis, so that's giving me an opportunity to refresh. But what I really want to do is to continue to provide value for the industry, the livestock industry in particular, the food industry. I'm not really sure exactly where that path will go. I just know that I'm I'm so passionate about it that I know I will uh, dig in here and uh, find opportunities where I can continue to add value.
1: Well, let's tap into that passion just a little bit, and maybe you can kind of talk about what you are most concerned about uh, within your sphere of influence.
0: The sphere of influence is, um, you know, first off to define that. And I think our every, every day that we, you know, I, I look at it kind of like uh, every tree casts a shadow. And, and my sphere of influence, um, sometimes were smaller. Sometimes as I grew in my job, my sphere of influence got to be very large. I think the thing that I'm most concerned about is really continuing to build trust, respect, and to be, be respectful of, of, um, of people's, of people's time. Certainly in today's world, you know, the podcast like we're doing here today is a great use of technology. The phones, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, frustrating or baffling to me why more people don't use video conferencing because it really does allow you to see the person that you're talking to and the opportunity to see their body language and their smiles and, you know, their excitement. But as far as big stuff, I think that there's really a lot of great people out there that are fig- figuring out the big, big problems and collaborating. I just think that uh, as we, we look at our world, it's uh, being able to provide safe food, you know, from animals that were well taken care of, you know, our outreach to the consuming public and providing our story.
1: So if there was one thing that you could change or influence in the future, what would that be?
0: Well, I'm really thinking about the women that we're speaking with today and I I really think that I wish I could I could change with a snap of a finger that one they would get equal pay. Secondly that we would be equally thought of for positions. You know, everybody would just hold hands and we would all work together. I just think there's a lot of opportunity for women. Um, I encourage everybody to be a part of the, the movement and continuing to participate, have a voice, lean, lean in, as Cheryl says.
1: I think there is a lot of untapped potential out there in all of the young women that are coming out of either high school and college. And i really feel like we want them in agriculture because we need that uh, to move our planet into the future.
0: Absolutely. And there's so many different, I mean, even for um, young women coming not from a farm background like myself, um, I've worked with several women that have come from the city here in New York or uh, the urban areas and uh, actually are as passionate as I am about agriculture. And it's interesting, Sarah, that once people get into our industry from other industries, they don't want to leave. Uh, they get so excited about the, the food, the farmers, and it's it's really a new area for them, uh, certainly a lot of learning. As I've learned living in the city, they're learning living or working communicating, helping farmers do um do better throughout their development and marketing and, and bringing food to the market.
1: It's truly an eye opener for people once they start to realize just how far-reaching agriculture is and, and agribusinesses are.
0: Yeah, and how, how hard working and how passionate the farmers are about uh, about their work.
1: So yeah. let's talk maybe a little bit about some advice that you have for young women just starting out in their careers.
0: As young women step through their careers, I think one of the key things is When you're going either to your first job or you're transitioning to the next job or the next job or the next job, of which these things will all likely happen, make the transition fast and successful. I think too many times and maybe it's how we perform in the kitchen is that we have to, you know, have everything set, uh, the recipe ready. And when we want to turn it over to someone else, we have to clean the kitchen. We have to get everything, you know, sometimes even before if anyone has ever worked with a maid, before a maid comes, you clean the house. (laughs) So we somehow, we adapt to kind of tidying everything up before we move to the next role. And I'm saying, you know, do do a a good job at that, but don't put so much effort into packaging everything up, getting it ready for the next guy, just kind of make the cut and move to your next role and really dig into that and spend the time in that making that one successful. The next thing I'd say is, and and this might uh, come at no surprise, but it's okay to say, I don't know. Don't try and think you know everything because we don't. Even after 30 years, I don't know how everything, you know, really should or could or in the future should work. And it's it's okay to not have all the answers, but just say, you know, I don't know, I'll get back to you. Another one that I learned recently is sometimes you'll get into teams and groups where from your perspective, it just doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere. We're keeping to turn. We're getting you know, back in the same circle. And I call that, and some teams have this, just a lack of leadership. If that happens and, you, and you're and you able to identify that, I've always said in the lack of leadership, lead. Take the bull by the horns, get up there, and lead through it. That's really one of my biggest recommendations is I mean, in the lack of leadership. I mean, we're not... We are not all set into a chair to be the leader, and sometimes the leader that's there might not be the best leader. So in the lack of leadership, just get in there and, and lead. I would not discourage anyone to think big. You know, as you're working on your task, if you're you're building your your first current role in your career, think big. Think about what it could be. I've always thought about uh, being a vice president at Zoetis. I didn't know if I'd ever really get there. Or be able, You know, it was a lot of hard work to get there, but um, certainly I did get there eventually, and uh, it was a great, great experience. So think big about your roles. Don't feel that you can't do it. I know you can.
1: Great advice. And I... I know you and I both see a lot of uh, young people in their careers and young women, especially maybe feeling like they don't have enough experience or enough knowledge or whatever the list of excuses is, enough reasons that they are too timid to step up. And a lot of times it's just the fact that someone stepped forward that puts them in that leadership role.
0: Exactly. And then once you get there, you know, make the transition quick and jump in, learn all you can, get out, talk to people find out how um you can improve that role and and you can be successful. You'll mm-hmm.
1: never know everything about a new role that you're going to step into. You, no, you have to no, take not a leap of faith for sure. So, is there a question that I have not asked you that you feel like, you know what, I've got this great answer to this. These these young women need to hear this.
0: Well, my passion hobby is fishing. And I I look at um at my passion and I say, you know, I've I've learned a lot. I've uh had the boat and both oars in the water a lot. But um what fishing has taught me is to keep trying to like catch what I want. Some days I don't catch anything, and that's okay. But it's the fact that I persevered, right? I enjoy you have to enjoy what you're doing first off. So if you don't enjoy your job, find another one. There's plenty out there. If you do like what you're doing, I think my key focus and the key word would be to persevere and to continue to get experience within that role and roles around you and um experiment. Have fun. Do different things. Go out on the limb and say, you know what, if this one here, if this idea doesn't work, we're just going to do a small little pilot. If this one doesn't work, cut the line quick and move on to another idea. One of them you'll likely strike it big.
1: Awesome advice and true. Just keep keep after it. Persistence is really important as you're going yes. through your career, that's for sure. Yes. Since you have recently retired from Zoetis, what do you think all of the people that work at Zoetis most um, remember you for while you were there? And I know you're still friends with many, many of them, but how do you think you were perceived?
0: I and the company uh, are very much uh, deep in integrity, you know, I think in integrity doing the right thing every day Or the and doing the best that you can is I think what people will remember me for I think they'll also remember me for the high affinity that I have for developing people which is one of the reasons sir I agreed to uh You know uh, Send the message on this podcast. I really love seeing people succeed advance Um, love their job, and continue to get better at it. And we all can get better at, it doesn't matter, you know, what job it might be, if it's repairing a lawnmower or if it's writing the next five-year strategic plan for for your company. Doing the right thing and doing it well is a key to person and, and my success. Is
1: there any other thing that you want to give out for advice for these young gals coming up in their careers?
0: My ending part to the story would be, two words, and that is to continue to um, experiment, try new things. If you haven't tried it, it's kind of hard to talk about it and say that you have. Sometimes you don't have to get deep into it, but at least if you're able to, if you've never been into a a packer to see how animals are harvested for food, find a way to, to do that. If you've never ridden with a veterinarian and learned their job just a day spend with them, shadowing them in their in their office. And that's really another word that many people um, that use and think about, and that's shadowing. What that means is that you're basically just walking in the shoes right next to that person in their job that day. Not that you're contributing much or adding much value, but you're really following them and seeing what their day looks like and how they handle various situations. So it's experimenting and experiencing are the kind of the two big areas of my career that that I'm very proud of, and uh, that has taught me a lot and we learn by doing. I go back to what we talked about with four h and f f a you know learn by doing, and that's where really that experience and experimenting is is all about
1: yeah, it's sure true you don't you don't quit learning just because you've graduated from.
0: No, college or high school. No, and I I sure. learned back in 4-H that I love to sew, but I I tried and I don't like knitting. <laughs> so, and that's okay. And it's the same thing with with work. I mean, you might love to do marketing. You know, maybe you're not the person to write the copy for the new ad. Maybe you're not the chemist or you're not the finance guy, but keeping those people close to you will help you grow and develop some of those skills as you go through through your work process.
1: Well, this was wonderful. I sure appreciate your passion for Um, seeing other people grow in their careers and I think this is a wonderful place for that type of information to get out to a whole new audience of people that you've never met and I'm sure appreciate your time and everything that you gave for advice it's just been wonderful
0: Gloria. no thank you and uh, best of luck to everyone listening I certainly Sarah can be available if you want to add my email address or any contact information I, I am available on LinkedIn so you could contact me there anyone who would like to reach out and and have a further conversation, I'm happy to be open to that. That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit Paulson.ag. That's P A U L S E N.ag.